Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. Hey, Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm I'm fucking peachy. Yeah. Can, can I say that on here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, please. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, no, no, cuss words are not an issue at all whatsoever. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I hope your uh, your holiday was great. You know, moved into a new place and everything. It looks like your studio's all settled behind you. It's uh, it's getting there. I have the 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 parts that's not facing the camera is my favorite part. It's where my whole discography, it's my discography shrine. Oh so yeah, I, uh, that's sick. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's really cool to stare at. But uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, my uh, Christmas was good. Okay. I got a scooter, like a electric oh no way, like the ones that you can like rent and down exactly. and just like ditch and let yeah. the other kid pick up. Oh, that's sick. Well, since Spotify took away the intro feature, I know a lot of people on here already are uh, familiar with your music and familiar with you yourself as an artist. But for people who do not know you yet, just Tell them a bit about you. Uh, this is Swarm, everybody. Brandon Carroll, Dark Lord Master, amazing composer, amazing producer. But yeah, just tell us uh, if you've had a merch drop, some new music drop. Go for it. Oh, man. Well, you did a great job of covering it. But hello, I'm Swarm. <laughs> um, I make uh, really crazy, dark, epic music that so- kind of sounds like metal, but it's not. It's electronic. It's insane. And, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I also combine that to with uh, incredibly bizarre comedy, <laughs> and uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, so you know whatever uh, you can make of that, that's that's what I do. But uh, for real, I, I I try to keep it genuine and authentic. And the I'm a pretty goofy guy, um, and I also you know have struggled with a lot of uh, not goofy things in my life. And so the music is very serious, deadly serious. And the content and the other stuff is just another part of my personality that I decided to bring to the table. I love it. Altogether, you just have me in uh, a kind of a a slightly amplified, exaggerated version of me uh, when it comes to the goofy stuff. Uh, But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be uh, I couldn't be happier with um, with what I make. I love it. I don't know how I could do anything else. I feel like in the last two years, like your vision has just started to like come to fruition, and it's like all of these people are like hopping on the swarm train, and I love it. And and it's like with the funny stuff too. I even like my boyfriend who's like into this music, but he's not like crazy into it. He always goes like swarms got that shit down and i'm like yeah yeah he does because it's like you are just so relatable and you have no problem with connecting with your fans and i think that's why you feel these kids feel so close to you and then you're not afraid to talk about the uncomfortable stuff and the reason you know why you're here and the reason why you still make music and connect to other people like the video you just released on your instagram uh tell us a bit about that it was it was just kind of saying you know you're here for for everyone in case they need to talk and and yeah yeah um that was a i totally winged that video because it was great what i I like to do uh you know it, it You'd think it would kind of get hard juggling the the serious and the the goofy, but especially with when it comes to videos like that where I just like completely drop the the green screen and the 
you know, I, I just talked into my iPhone. Like I didn't mm-hmm. use it. I didn't do any crazy editing or anything. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I, I just, <clears throat> all of a sudden on Christmas day, I'm just like, I need to, I need to just talk uh, to, to people. And it, cause you know, for the days and the weeks leading up to Christmas, I had so many goofy videos and I had mm-hmm. a song released this month. So, you know, what song was, was that? That was with Danny King, right? Uh, no, it's called Fury. Okay. And, um, okay. Yeah, Danny King, uh, Heartless of Danny King was the one before that. Um, but you know, so this month is I've had just a, a ton of stuff, just in general. But going on, yeah, yeah. But I haven't really uh, broken it down and and really uh, said what's on my heart to everybody. So I just sat in front of my camera and winged it and. Um, But I think those moments are like the best because you don't get that very often from artists, especially when they reach, uh, especially when they reach the kind of caliber that you're even at, because everyone's like, oh, I got to go on the page. I got to see the press photos and see the live photos and see all the promo material and the assets or like the funny videos that you do. And Mm -hmm. sometimes all it takes is something organic coming from you to relate to somebody to say, oh my God, like, He's going exactly through what I'm going through. He's talking to me. He's there for me. And that could do better connection-wise than anything that you would ever pay for to post and put up. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what I've always... I, I like to vary everything I do because for one, I don't... You know, I have to be happy with what I'm doing. So what literally, I, I especially in 2020, it's been this... Oh my God. This how have really, you been? Like, how has <laughs> your mindset been? Like, how has this year been? I haven't even talked to you really. So it's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting to say the least, but it's, you know, I, I don't really leave my house or my, you know, the, whatever you want in the studio, whatever. I don't, I I'm always on my computer working on the next thing. Yep. So, oh, absolutely. You've yeah. had a crazy output of music this year. You always have, but, but it's, really come out this year. And I think it's really cool because I think that you kicked this year's ass. Like, Thank you. like you took it and you were like, I'm, this is my time to show everybody who I am while everybody's got their phones in their hands. They're not doing anything. They're just looking and you just gave them content and you gave them music to back up the content. And then you gave them relatable things in the music video premieres. And it was just great. There's not a lot of people who did what you did, but okay, keep going. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 so besides the fact that suddenly all the shows got cut off and, you know, that besides that, like it's been business as usual for me mm-hmm. because I don't do anything unless I'm on a plane to play a show. I don't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or if it's like, you know, my friend is playing a show and I want to go support them. That, that kind of thing I'll, I'll leave. But, but yeah. even then, even when you, I remember when I start started first playing shows in Jacksonville, that was maybe oh, yeah. three years ago with the myth family. You were mm-hmm. never out. You were at home, you were working unless yeah. it was somebody who was like very dear to you or a birthday celebration or something like that. And I think that's something that a lot of, you know, everybody's aspiring to do what, you and I and other people are doing nowadays. And, and a lot of people don't understand that, that you being at home and being in the studio and staying on schedule and being self-diligent is the thing that will put you ahead of the other people going out every night. Right. And, and I think it comes down to, 
I'm going to try to tie that into what I was saying because it goes along the same wavelength, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think that right now there's well, the last couple of years with the rise of just the absolute like pedestal of social media. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people either when they haven't quite gotten into, uh, you know, or they, they aspire to do, music or to produce music, I think it's easy to, to look at uh, some of the bigger artists that are, you know, basically posting their greatest hits for lack of better terms. They're, they're, they're playing the highlights on their social media all the time. So it's like, wow, if I, if I make music, I can, you know, look at what, you know, look how cool they are. And I think uh, I swore from day one that I was going to be completely honest with people and not Absolutely. try to only post the best parts of, of Swarm because there's times where, you know, there's, it's not all awesome. It's, no. it's a lot of uh, really not awesome shit that goes on. And Oh my God. You get told <laughs> no a million times before you get a yes. Yeah. And, and like, then even then you're going to get a million more no's after the yes. Yeah. And that kind of is why I decided to independently released my music for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to chase. I decided to not chase down a label. I wanted to do it exactly how I wanted to do it in every aspect. So that's why this, this year I have released 14 songs. I know. Uh, yeah. And one of those, one of those was on a label and that was cause it was a remix for Spell Dweller. So it was on fixed. Yeah. Now I don't have anything against labels. Like, you know, if somebody like I've worked with cannibal in the past, I know you yeah, have too. Wonderful. Like, yeah. um, yeah, I'm not like prejudiced against labels, but you know, I, um, you know, if, if it's right, I'll do it. But for the most part, I don't ever seek out anybody. I, I do it myself besides, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, talk to people if they, uh, have something I think that would be beneficial. But besides that, I just do my thing. I got way off topic there. But- no, 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 no. Literally. I was going to bring that up anyway. So that's perfect because it's, it's very like unsettling to like looking at my past year and, and I think production wise, not only because of COVID, but just because of the mindset that I've had, I've made leaps and bounds with the music that's coming out early 2021 that has been coming out in the last like two quarters of this year. But it's like I had been sitting down and looking at a project and writing a project like, okay, you're writing it for this label. You're writing it to get picked up by this label because that was the issue that I was having was that I was using my voice in these new demos that hasn't come out. People like, eh, it doesn't really fit our label. It doesn't really fit our sound. So you know, send something else in. And I've just been going around in circles trying to write music for these different labels. And my mindset going into 2021 is, yeah, all these songs are going to come out that are on these labels. They'll be out by March. And then I'm done. I'm making what I want to make and that's it. And it's like, I had to go through this phase to understand the way that I would like to approach the project moving forward because I feel like so many up and coming artists and even artists at your level still are like, okay, I got to play the label game because they have the budget to support the track, but then they lose their vision and the way they really wanted their project to be executed because they're too concerned about signing with the label that's really taking your money. 
Like you're really not seeing any back end most of the time, unless it's like a huge hit, which fortunately in our industry, you don't get too many of those. It's not like working in pop music. It's not like working in rap music. So, so the fact that, that you made that decision to work and stay committed to your vision and the way that you wanted to sound is really awesome because looking at the whole grand spectrum of things, I really don't know anybody who's doing it at the level that you're doing it at as an independent artist. And now on the back end of that, are are you taking a huge budget and putting it behind for an independent promotion? Because I know these are like the wheels that turn in the, you know, in the minds of these kids who are like, how is this kid getting traction behind his independent releases? How are they getting attention? Did you just stick with consistency or is it a budget that you've committed to or is your managers helping or what is that about? Um, it's, it's a mixture of both. So this year, 2020 was the first real time that I've had a plan for the budget part. And that's because like, basically I had to wait till it got to a point to where it was self-sustaining, like streaming. So I, as of now, I don't take any money from Swarm. Okay. So it automatically goes back into itself. Yeah. No, it's just snowballing. Yeah. But in, in terms of you know the streaming, the 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 amazing payouts of of uh, streaming royalties. What um, is it like? Like ten million or four million for like a thousand or for a hundred or something? It's uh, crazy. It's, it's so insane. It's so ridiculous. And you I mean, tell people like, too. Like I'll tell like my mom or my dad, and they're like you're joking, right? Like you're like, that's fucked up. Like what? And I'm like, yeah, like this is literally why people have to like sell merchandise, why they have to tour, why they have to ghost produce, why they have to write for other things or work with a publisher to get their other music released elsewhere because you're not making money on your music. Yeah. Well you, you, you do. It's just so small. And that was another reason why, you know, from the very start, I'm just like, I, I don't need a label. Mm-hmm. to you know to do this you know i believe i can be creative enough to to catch eyes but you know at the end of the day you're still getting so much or so little back from it that if you're doing it independent that's pretty much the only way you're going to be able to get a decent amount of money which even then you know you still have to get to a level to where you're getting you know uh, a very steady stream uh steady stream numbers but absolutely um but to answer your question it was basically the budget comes from the music streaming. So, okay. Or, and merch, you know, I, I do have merch. And then, so all that just goes right back into itself. And, you know, I have like kind of a, a layout for every time I do a release, which mm-hmm. is, you know, for the past two and a half years that I've been around or whatever, through almost three years, uh, I totally lost my train of thought there. Oh, no, 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 hold you're on, good. Hold on. No. You're talking about, okay, okay, go. I, I get, dude, my memory is just. Oh, no, you're totally fine. I've done no, the I'm same thing. for everybody's benefit to, to hear this. Like my yeah. memory, if, if, it, if it doesn't come out of my mouth or I don't do it right then. Goodbye. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody's like, why didn't you remember this? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I know. I, I did. Well, it, it's like, are you one of the people that you're like, mind is running a thousand miles an hour oh, yeah. and you're thinking about like 20 things at one time. Yeah. I'll be at downstairs least. in the kitchen and I'll be like cooking and, and cleaning and sending an email and doing this. And everybody's like, okay, stop. 
do one thing at a time. Think about one thing at a time. I'll like leave the back door open and leave the house. But, but yes, wait. Okay. So what is your plan for releases? Ah, yes. So for the past three years, I've released an average of, um, you know, basically I've released one song a month Mm -hmm. or more for the entirety of when I've been swarmed. Yeah. And so that was, that part of the plan was uh, what my managers, uh, Shavante and Marshall, we the plug, that's what they wanted to do from the start. They're just yeah. like, you need a consistent release schedule because I, when I came to them, you know, I hadn't even really made my first song. I, I had made my first song, but like I hadn't released anything. I hadn't, I came to them solely with the idea of like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want the imagery to be. Here's my logo. Like, so this was out. three years no ago. Idea yeah. Three years okay. ago ish. Yeah. Um, before anything ever, you know, launched and everything, yeah. but you know, from the, from the start that anyways, they believed in me because mm-hmm. I, I had such a very distinct like plan and vision from the start. And that's what I came to them with. I didn't ca- come to them with like, here's all the money I've made. It's like, this is my idea. This is yeah. what the, uh, the visual aspect is going to be. This is the, you know, the branding basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I mean, I, I'm glad they said yes, because that, well, that's they, very they, important yeah, for they've been family to me the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, you guys work very well as a unit and it's oh, really cool awesome. to see that you're still with the same people that you started with, because I don't think a, a lot of artists can really say that successfully. And, and just I feel like most artists usually work backwards where they start and they're like, okay, I'm either producing or I'm DJing and like, okay, now I need to like get the vision and I need to get the branding and I need to do X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, I would say it's beneficial to take your time and take the slow route and really think about the image and sound you want to put forward before finding a team. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's there's a point, you know, this this used to be like a hot topic for, you know, for people that were starting out and, you know, it's just like do you need a team mm-hmm. like at the position you're at? Yeah. Did I need them then? No, I didn't. I really I didn't, but I mm-hmm. wanted that. I yeah. needed I had zero knowledge, zero like experience in the electronic music industry and I you know, I knew that whatever I was going to do, I was going to follow through with because I always do. Yeah. But I knew that I had no idea the, the business aspect of the industry. I just had the, you know, I know now, <laughs> I know way too much now, yeah, but right. that's, but that's unavoidable. In your given situation, I think that's very knowledgeable and intelligent of you to admit that you don't know, because I think a lot of people don't understand that there's so many pieces of the pie that need to be filled in order to reach your next goal or reach your long-term goals. Because at the end of the day, even though you're doing what you love and we're so lucky to like be able to do our passion for a career, it is a business and you, you know, and a lot of people don't get that. But that's why people like Tay and, Tay and Marshall are in those places to say, okay, this is where I come in and handle X, Y, and Z. Right. And, and that, I, that you're absolutely correct. And the pieces of the pie analogy is exactly why from the start, I'm just like, you know, 
I'll figure out how to do it myself. I don't need, you know, I, I did try at first, you know, mm-hmm. just cause I thought that's what you did. Yeah. And, you know, I quickly realized, nah, you know, yeah. that's not what I do. But then <clears throat> after meeting a couple, um, a couple artists that I really admired, you know, which was always amazing. And I'm still like that. I'm still starstruck as fuck when I meet somebody that I've listened to. Like when I first met Sullivan King, I was about to say Sullivan talk. King. Yeah. I didn't talk like at all. Cause I was shy. Cause I'm a shy, nervous, you know, kind of person. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm just like, hi, it's really nice to meet you. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but eventually, you know, now I'm, you know, I don't feel like I need to do anything uh, out of the ordinary when I'm talking to him or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, did at, you meet him yeah. through um, an event in Jacksonville or were you connected? Yeah, it was, uh, you were playing that show. You oh, played direct no support way. for him. That was minute, like yeah. literally my third show ever, I think. Really? I remember, yeah. Oh, I remember I freaking out because he like retweeted me because I tweeted about how one day I wanted to like, you know, do the live show and have my bass and all that stuff. Cause I come from metal and I come from post hardcore. And mm. I remember he was like, that's dope do it. And I remember just being so starstruck. I was like 20 years old and I was like, holy fuck, like, da, 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 da. but he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, yeah. and I mean, at one point, have you just been like, wow, I'm kind of here. Like when you were on tour with him and you joined him on tour, kind of like, how am I here? Like, oh, but I am Oh, absolutely. Here. I'll yeah. tell you exactly. This is a great story. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, go. I'll tell you exactly how I found out I was going on tour with him. It was at Forbidden Kingdom. Oh, no way. 2019, okay. February 2019, so last year. And uh, this is like the third time I met him. We had just finished the our song Hitman together. Yep. And uh, he brought, he wanted to bring me out uh, while oh, he was playing dope. to play okay. it. Yeah. So that was cool. And then, um, you know, that was fun. And then I'm just like, cool. All right. Uh, thanks. Bye. You know, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person that likes to hang out in the green room and like try to be cool because I'm I, literally the same that. way. Like, I feel I, so I, awkward. If I'm in the green room, it's, it, it's because like, or if like, if I'm in any backstage area, it's because like, I'm, allowed to be there and I'm there for some reason. And like, I'm, I want to be back there because there's like bottles of water. Yeah. And I, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not, I don't care about hanging out with people, the cool people and trying to be cool. Like, dude, no, I would be myself in the corner of backstage. Just literally I'm on my laptop, like in the corner, like even if I have a ride or whatever, like I'm on my laptop and then it's like something that I've mentally had to battle with because sometimes I'm like, fuck dude. Like, am I supposed to be the mingler? Like, am I supposed to suck everyone's ass? Like, I don't know what to do, but then like, you're a perfect example. And like a few other select artists are that like, if you just do your own thing and you put your head down and you're a good genuine person, it's going to happen regardless. Like you, if you, if you run your career off of favors or like connections, whether you've met them in the green room, done whatever together, like those run out. So it's like at the end of the day, like your hard work is what's going to like speak for you. And the kind of person and character that you have is going to speak for you. And yeah, no, yeah. cause I feel so awkward in those situations, but okay. Back, back no, to, back I to Sullivan do. King story, Forbidden Kingdom. Um, 
but yeah, so Tay and Marshall were there with me and, you know, they saw the whole thing and they obviously knew I was going to do it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I, uh, walk out from backstage and then just go hang out, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere yeah. over, not near the stage. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like an hour later he goes, yo, team meeting. Cause, uh, my whole team. <laughs> there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And then we met and he goes, so Sullivan King wants to you to be the opener on his tour. And I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, what's the catch? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and uh, then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I just started crying. Oh, oh yeah, dude. It was, it was brutal. Uh, <laughs> Cause I'm just like, it was totally out of the blue. There was no warning. It was just, that's when he asked. And then, uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but, uh, it happened and dude, that tour was, oh, that was so much fun. Insane. I mean, was, that was, was awesome. that was your first time. I remember when the tour came through Ritz and I remember yeah. like at, at a few times, like our, our talent buyer had asked like, Hey, do you want to bring in swarm? Like he's doing really well. Like they always keep kind of tabs on like the people regionally coming out of Florida who are just doing well and putting out music. And like, mm-hmm. like they, I remember they've looked at like nitty gritty when he was starting and then you and like a few other people. And, and I was just like, I remember I sent Shivante and Marshall an email once and I was like, they're not going to do it, Alex. Like they're not going to do it. Like it's the first time he comes through here, he's going to be on a tour. And that's what yeah. you did is you came well, through I, on a tour. That was, that was a conscious decision. We, yeah. I didn't want, I don't want to go anywhere, especially like, cause I love the Ritz. I've been, I, I've been to the Ritz several times. Not, it's, it's dope. You know, it sounds awesome. And so it was a goal of mine to play there for a while because, yeah. but I, I didn't want it to be anything but the right time. Absolutely. And so, you know, I waited, you know, a year and a half or two years or whatever it was to, to play it, but I wanted it to be right. And that was perfect. And that, that was a perfect show because, uh, because it was, it was the right time to do it. So that show was everything I wanted it to be. And I think a lot that kind of comes into play, uh, a lot with a lot of the things that I've done is I've been really patient, even though I'm not a very patient person when it comes to swarm, I have a little bit more patience because I know that everything is an investment in time and not, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, an instant, uh, gratification game at all. And if you, you know, there can be, but I, I think it's even worse if there is instant gratification for something like, you know, I, the last thing I ever want to do is to blow up based off of, you know, like a viral uh, what, video, a viral, like a TikTok, a, a, a TikTok or like, yeah, that, or, you know, that's awesome for the people that, that have done it. That's amazing. But I don't want to be chained to any one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to have lots of things to be remembered by. And I think uh, it took a while to, uh, to kind of realize that, but it's, uh, it's been a lot better playing the waiting game when, when it's required, because I know that it's, uh, it's going to pay off at some point. Like you literally uh, read my mind. I was just about to say that like, patience is key and it's something that I literally did not have until we went into quarantine because you know, everybody goes through their daily life and they're like, go, go, go. Like I got to do X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z. I got to do this to get booked for this show, to release this music, to pay for this merch. And it was like, when everything kind of shut down, it was like, all right, take a step back, evaluate where you're at, 
And then I like finally got it. I finally got why all of these people who I had either worked with or they had, you know, just given me pieces of advice said, you know, everything's happening at the speed that it's happening for you because that's what's supposed to happen. And, and even though you want it now and you want more and you want this and you want that, you have to be patient with where you're at and you have to be proud at how far you've come, but like work slowly to where you want to go and understand that like, it's not going to happen overnight. And I, personally don't know any craft that takes as long as it fucking does to understand the world of production and getting good at actually producing and the aspects that fall underneath that. Like it's just, that's how it is. No, it's, it's, it's super complex. And, you know, I've been producing for like four years now and I still literally since I've moved in here, I made it my goal to, not focus on making music right now, but mm-hmm. to learn everything I can. So I've learned, I started learning piano. I'm taking voice lessons now. Ah, that's uh, amazing. Because, because I want to, you know, to take everything regardless. And this is all for me. Yeah. This is an investment in myself because it is. Uh, what we don't know what could happen next year. No. You know, what could happen? What if, you know, Please no. But like, you know, if there's a, if there's like another worldwide thing and everything shuts down again, like if I'm, you know, putting all my efforts into preparing for live shows. Yeah. You know, so it, then I have an, an entire chunk of time that I used on that and it's, I can't use it now. So I want to, you know, I have music, you know, for the next few months. So I'm just like, um, I'm going to learn some new shit. Absolutely. So I bought Monosphere too, and I'm just learning in, learning it inside and out. And um, yeah, learning piano, then uh, doing the voice thing, which is fun. It's really fun. And uh, I think I'll be able to to bring that into play in 2021 too. But these are all things that regardless of whether it happens now or it happens, you know, a year from now, I have the tools and I've been developing those tools to to deal with it. And by this time, I'm finally being comfortable with the fact that I, I don't have to, you know, if I'm a week or two after, you know, if I'm like a week or two late to, to put out a new song, like, so what? Like yeah. it, it has, that's, that's an unnecessary pressure on me. Like I've already established the fact that I crank out music and it's, it's, it's good quality. I've been releasing literally a song a month for three years. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so is that what like, my... sorry, sorry. Is that no, what like you, like, is that what you think in order to kind of follow the independent artist route is good enough to keep the consistency like flowing? If that makes sense is like a song a month. Uh, song a month is, I think it, it, it can matter, but okay. I think there's also, there's kind of a catch with it because I, as I learned and as I had more music, cause creativity comes in spurts, mm-hmm. cannot beat yourself up if you cannot produce that much. Yeah. Is that ideal? In my opinion, it's ideal yeah. to do a song a month. And on top of those songs a month, like some of those weren't songs, they were like five or six song EPs. Yeah. But you know, I think by now I'm like over the 50 song mark for like my own releases. And that's just fucking wild. But that's insane. That's over an I, hour of music. 
I can't expect myself to always do that. Mm-hmm. This year, I was able to crank out the most I've ever cranked out, obviously, because, you know, everything got shut down. But yeah. it's uh, it's not something that I have I hang over my own head anymore. Yeah. And that was one thing I learned in 2022 was, uh, or 2020 also, because, I, you know, whenever I would start to feel that pressure I put on myself, because obviously, you know, I'm really hard on myself. So Yeah. I think yeah. every artist is to an extent. Oh and yeah. I, that's good. All the good I, ones are. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's good to to have that mindset because I, it's definitely one of the most self-diligent kind of like you have to be on top of your stuff. And it's like do you follow a schedule every day, like Monday through Friday, where you're, you're, you do a batch of time for learning, you do a batch of time for sound design, or do you just kind of go with where your heart like feels to go? No, I do whatever, whatever I feel like doing. If I give myself a schedule like that, um, I will rebel on purpose because I just, I can't do that. But like, um, you know, yesterday, to to add on to that though, the best things I come up with are the ones that I'm not expecting to do. Okay. Always. If All I'm right. sitting down and saying, I'm going to make this song and it's going to be dope, then it's probably not going to happen. I'm not going to make a song. Happen, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to literally in 10 minutes, I'm going to hit a wall. Yeah. But this morning, like I woke up early, uh, my dog, Sam woke me up to go out. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I've been up, I got up at like seven. I didn't, mean to, but I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go fuck around on Ableton. So I walked in here and and I made something really cool. I didn't mean to, I was just fucking around with my new skill set that I'm developing of, um, you know, these things I've been learning over the Mm -hmm. past few weeks and months is opens your horizons. It it allows you. Yeah. It may not immediately catapult you to like, Oh my God, look at this amazing thing I made, but it, it gives you the ability to accidentally walk the right direction more. And yes. that's what I've been uh, learning recently. And it's, it, it's, a, it's definitely a little weird because I've, I've purposely allowed myself a break to not feel like I have to, you know, finish a new song every week. And if I go a month without making a new song, that's, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. it's, I have a massive, you know, a pretty large catalog, so to speak, you know, Absolutely. And you've like done your preparation to, I think that's something too, that, that a lot of people kind of miss the facet of whether it's a live show, whether it's a release schedule, the more prepared you can be, the more you can relax and not be stressed out about it. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of like with what you were saying with like learning all of the instruments, do you one day have it in your mind to potentially do like a live show? Um, yes, I, I remember. Yes, but kind of. So okay. in 2018, right before I released my song, Take Me to Hell, mm-hmm. I tweeted and I, I brought the tweet up a couple months ago, I think, but I tweeted like, Take Me to Hell is the first song that I'm fully happy with how it came about and the layout of it. And basically, like, I. I said that, you know, I see the future of music as the electronic and organic elements are just, they're irrelevant. They're, yeah. it's all one, 
it's just music. There's no, well, this is electronic. Well, this is organic. You know, it's, it's all just music. Everything's yes. going to blend together. Yep. And I was right. But, you know, I, I said, you know, anything in my songs for the most part can be played. They're all very distinct elements. They're all composed and like put together as like a band would do it. Yep. So, you know, anything you do, like my main sounds are all like, you know, it kind of sounds like a guitar and, you know, I put like a real bass under it. Yep. So, and then the drums are set up exactly like how a real drummer would live. So it's, it's has the ability to at any time be played live by real instruments. Now, Correct. do I want to do that? I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not against it, but what I do want to do is I want to have an orchestra with me. Yeah. And especially a live choir. Yeah. Those are two things that for the past two years, I've, it's been in my goal book. When will it happen? I don't know. Whenever I Well, have when you have your big headlining tours, when it happens, you work <laughs> yeah. your way up and then you, you give people something to wait for. And then you introduce right. this huge new element and it's another reason for people to come and see you. And it would just make mm -hmm. sense with the kind of music you release. But at the beginning of quarantine, I literally did the same thing where I just said, okay, you know what? You have all these fucking plugins. You're going to go and you're going to learn everything each one of these do. And I think it's just so cool because this is something where you can never stop learning. You can oh, you never can. stop learning. And if you do stop learning, you're hindering yourself. Yeah. You're and it's going to show yourself back and it's going to show exactly There's a lot and of people that have stopped learning and you can that tell would be, that would be correct. <laughs> I think. And, and I know this, like this year fucking sucked. Like it sucked. No, it does. You, you were, you were on, this was a big year for you. You were mm -hmm. on, you know, SMF freaky deaky, probably more that hadn't been announced. I was on, dude. That's that's the one thing that I've gotten over it now. Yeah, but I was on. I want to say seven or eight festivals. It'll happen ones. again, though. The bucket list you know? ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've you know come to terms with that, yeah. and you know, I've, I've cried myself to sleep enough. If anything, you're just going to be higher in the bill now, and you're going to get paid more. Right. Well, that's <laughs> so, what I'm saying is yeah. now. But yeah. it, uh, you know, most of them uh, have already. You know, as long as 2021 is not a flaming bag of shit. Yeah, literally not a flaming bag of shit. But, uh, uh, but, but yeah, no, it, it it was a little hard to come to terms with that. Yeah. They all got literally, you know, I heard about a lot of them. Like I got booked for a lot of these festivals, you know, at the end of uh, 2019. Yeah. So it was like, oh my God. This is it. Like this is going to be it. And then I soon realized that. Sucks. It may not have been it in the way that I envisioned it, but I was yeah. still going to make it. Yeah, a year still. Yeah, absolutely. What I did this year, I've I did a lot of shit that um, that I didn't know I was capable of. Mm -hmm. One, and I put out my favorite music. Period. Yeah. This year, all well, of then it. I would consider that a success, to be oh, honest. I, I did too. But what I was saying was that, like, I feel like it was kind of a reset in our it industry was. to an it extent. Was. And do I, am I a hundred percent convinced things are going to change when p things open up again, when, you know, the majority of the population have a vaccine, hopefully, I don't know. I can't confidently tell you, I can't tell you if these big agencies will come in and it'll go back to normal, but right. I really feel like there has been music released in this past year that will 
has the opportunity to finally take the place of some of the historic legends that I don't think had been there previously because it was like for the longest time since I had like gotten to this like industry, like I hated EDM until I saw a few select artists and I was like, okay, like I can get with the program and all the artists had live elements, which I also think the live elements is the future of electronic dance music. And I think, and I think in the next three to seven or eight years, Mm-hmm. If you don't incorporate live vocals, live instrumentation, X, Y, and Z, I think, you know, you got to be innovative. And this was a time more than ever to say, okay, this is this is what the future is going to bring. And even now you look at the big guys like Black Tire Sex Machine, like Flume, like the very big players, and most all of them have live elements incorporated, right. which yeah. is like the super Black dope. Tiger does, it's really cool. Absolutely. And I get it. You have to be of like headliner status sometimes to get that uh, either team behind you or to get the time of day from the in-house production to Mm -hmm. run your sound check and X, Y, and Z. But I do feel like it is going there in the future. Um, But, you know, I feel like it was just a little bit of a reset because I was looking at the lineup since I'd been on the back end of things and I was like none of these people could take the place of like Zedstead or R.L. Grime or Skrillex or like X, Y, and Z and this year was like the first time I heard like all of this new very unique driven cohesive sounding songs and you've always made cohesive songs but you're in the industry where most people just make drops and then mm-hmm. sort of throw things together to lead up right. to the drop and now you're seeing all of these cohesive like bodies of art because people aren't in clubs. They're at home listening on Spotify. They're in their car. They're listening on their earbuds. And it's like, people don't want to just hear like 32 bars of nothing and then a drop and then 32 bars of nothing. They want to hear like big music with vocals and this and that. And, and I think replay value. Yeah. And, and I think it's really cool because I don't know if this necessarily would have come about if we didn't go into a pandemic, probably eventually, but I don't know if it would have happened as quickly as this year. Yeah, no, I I think that replay value is something that I have been really, 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 really uh, focused on from the beginning because I don't I don't just sit around my house listening to dubstep. Yeah, you know, like, I don't either. <laughs> or you know, I listen to you know songs, music. I, I don't mm-hmm. listen to things that were meant to be listened to live. Yeah, you know, so. It's, I think that uh, the, the, the people that'll stay around the longest, whether, you know, the, it's whether, you know, quarantine, regardless of quarantine and all the crazy shit that happened and that the whole shift, I think that people doing that is, is how you're going to be around a long time, regardless. Yeah. Like if you, you know, when is, when have you ever heard like a legendary artist or, you know, whatever, like that, that didn't have vocals or, yeah. you know, like those are all the big people, you know, in pretty much any genre, they have memorable melodies. They have memorable something, something about them is very memorable. And things that so, the general consumer can attach to. And most right. usually that's a hook in a song or, or a verse or a vocal pre-drop or something like that. It's not what kind of sound design you use. It's not, right. you know, because that's not what the average consumer is listening for. Right. So, no, I agree. I think that I've tested my own abilities to 
think outside the box as far as replay value goes too this Absolutely. year, which my song Fury that came out earlier this month, it was like my first song that I had focused on just making like a, like a it's the first song I've actually focused on making something specifically to be as heavy as possible, but you know, and, and not focus on vocals, not focus yeah. on, but the whole thing, but I wanted to make it have replay value. And it does because the monstrous, <laughs> the monstrous, the, the, the orchestration, the, yeah. um, there's four drops and they're all the, as heavy as fucking balls. And there, yeah. there's a key change at the end of the song in dubstep. There's a key change in dubstep. There's oh. different time signatures in it. Yeah. So, but just from the very fact that it was so balls to the wall over the top gives it replay value to me. So Absolutely. It, translates to other, it seems like it's translating to other people. But oh, I just yeah. want to make... I wanted to finish off the year with the most ridiculous, stupidly, monstrously heavy song I possibly could. And it definitely took, because after Heartless, you know, that was a very melodic song. And it was yeah. still really cool. I love that song. But it was, I love the song. Very melodic. Yes. This, I wanted to literally do the polar opposite. Polar opposite, yeah. There is zero, like, downtime in, this, in the song. And, you know, I just wanted to make a, a literally, like, a dubstep rock opera, which is what I did. And which is awesome. That is how I focused on replay value without vocals. So basically, I just try to make anything I do have be memorable, whether that yeah. be the melody, you know, because there are some songs that you can listen to. They don't have to have words all the time, but it has to still have something of value to hold on to. And that's what I've really tried to focus on. Uh, well, I but especially this year, I felt like I've uh, gotten a lot. Because at the end of the day, I make this for me. Like, yeah, I will not put out anything. I won't touch anything if I'm not happy with it. If I don't want to listen to it myself, I listen to my music all the fucking time. Yeah. I love my music. I genuinely yeah. do. It's exactly what I want to hear from music. And so, yep. you know, I think if producers don't love their own music, then that's pretty stupid. And you should probably... Rethink your Reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I do the same thing too. And it's like, I feel like I've come from a place where it's like, there's been experimentation, experimentation until about five months before this moment until I was like, okay, like you're making what you want to make now. And it's like, yeah. I'm excited to share that in 2021. And I think it's cool to like leave the experimentation and the, and the parts of your journey, but you have to love what you're making or you're going to feel like it's a burden. And at that point, you might as well just go get another job where you're not working 120 hours a week. Absolutely. So, so it's just like, um, but with your songs, do you start a bunch of different ideas and say, okay, I'm going to finish this one and this one? Or are you like sitting down and you have a flow with one and you can just pop it out? Or do you leave your song sit for six months and you revisit them? Or is each and every one different? Each one's different. Each uh, one's different. I have okay. like a process. I know that I've been trying to break out of that process recently to explore. What like, is it? Well, I like to... Basically, I start with a melody usually, mm -hmm. and then I'll go under the melody with uh, basses to create the chorus parts of my songs, you know, the hook. Okay. For, yep. You know, and then that usually, once I have that, the rest of the song 
is usually pretty easy for the most part. Like, uh, so, but, but getting those memorable melodies along with a memorable rhythm, uh, has been my go-to process for the past, especially all of this year. Um, but you know, I'm pretty cautious about getting too attached to that one way of doing it. And so I'm trying lately, I've been trying to do new ways of to, 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 to work on different parts first, but I definitely have multiple things going on at any given time. I can't just, if I'm stuck on one, my, my rule is save it, close it, move on to the next thing. And if that doesn't work, move on to the next thing. And usually, but in the midst of all doing all of this, I save, if I, if I make something that doesn't fit with the song I'm working on, but I think it could be really cool for something else, save the MIDI, export the audio, whatever. Um, and you know, I have, I have a 14 terabyte external hard drive Oh boy! <laughs> of shit that I haven't used. Okay. And, uh, like MIDI thousands, <laughs> thousands of MIDI tracks of oh, things that I haven't used. And it's just labeled key BPM and mood. So, you know, like I'll have a MIDI, then I'll have subfolders, drop strings, choir, you know, general melodies, you know, uh, arps, all that kind of shit. So I just, and I also export the audio of like a sound that, you know, if I was fucking around with that audio, then I uh, found some way to make it sound cool. I'll export the audio along with it and I'll name them the same thing and put them together. But that has been actually, I don't know if I didn't do that. And this is my advice to everybody. If you're not, exporting everything, saving and exporting everything you make, regardless whether you use it or not. I don't know how you are surviving making yeah. music. That, if I didn't have this, this gigantic external hard drive of shit that I've made and not used, like half the songs I have are, are things that I made for something else that didn't work. And that I just, repurposed and made it way better for, you know, a new project. Well, it's just being efficient with your time. It's like, okay, yes. I've already taken the time to write this, this melody or write the MIDI or design right. patch. And now you don't have to go and say, okay, I need to design something that sounds like X, Y, and Z. And now I need right. to go around the corners of the box and find it. So mm-hmm. I know, obviously you use a lot of orchestral stuff. Mm-hmm. It, contact, Omnisphere, what are, what are we talking? What's your favorites? Contact. I use contact a lot. I mean, I, I recently bought Omnisphere too. Okay. Because Do you like it? I want to, yeah, I love it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's the most powerful thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It blows every other synth away as far as technical capabilities, like the amount of customization on it is just unbelievable. But I have also, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's it's either Silenth one or Silenth one. Oh, Silenth, Silenth, yeah. Silenth. That is the. I just got that. I bought it like really? a month ago. That is one hundred percent the best sounding synth. Period. Really? Okay. In my opinion. So. Did you try Vital at all? I know that was a little hot yeah, on the I block like for a second. No. Okay. Not, I was wondering your slightest. opinion. You're like that, no. I, that, that's no, like no. I use Serum like one time out of. It's like one out of 10 times I try a synth, I'll try serum. I hate serum. I know that being said, you know, my main sound is based out of serum, but that's one of the only things I've ever made that I like. Yeah. Out of serum. But that's not to hate on serum. 
whatever, but it's just, it's to, to be able to use serum. I personally have to do a ton of post-processing yeah. for it to even sound remotely warm. So or, do you make your bases in contact and like Omnisphere or? Um, no, my base is, well, Omnisphere, I've just. You just you know, got, okay. Yeah. just yep. got that. My bases are, well, now I'm using uh, Silent for oh, okay. all, the, all of the, um, the meaty bases. Now the main sound that I, you know, the swarm bass. Yeah. It sounds kind of like a gar gar gar. That that's still serum. And that's why I say like I have to call myself out because yeah. but but if you saw the chain that's after that, like it's oh my God. serum and the chain is literally this long to get it sound to get it to sound where I want it to. But I just I have not been able to re- uh, to recreate that sound in any other synth yet. But that being said, you'll eventually get serums, there. Serum's yeah. dope for uh, for dubstep bases. A lot. That's of why I asked because they're great for bases, but they're not great for like leads or synths or anything organic. Yeah, well, even the bases like they just sound really thin unless mm-hmm. you process. In my opinion, you know, I could be yeah. doing things totally fucking wrong. And no, there's some not. people that make it unbelievable, some unbelievable shit in Serum. But yeah, uh, yeah, the the digital harsh. It just sounds it's like serum. very digital and it's, it's very, very serum sounding and, and unless you, yeah. So, but silent dude, I cannot believe how warm that, that synth is so unbelievably like meaty. Yeah. It's going to be hard to, to ever make like industrial sounding bases in anything but that But oh, uh, contact for orchestral stuff. Um, contact. I use uh, uh nucleus a lot. Project Sam. Um, both of those for the strings and everything. The choir I use, uh, Requiem by, okay. uh, the eight do. I think it's audio. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it. I don't fucking know. Okay. That's how like I, whatever, but it's called Requiem and that's my favorite choir. I've been using awesome. Dominus choir for a while, but besides that Spire, um, I had, uh, some of my older main sounds were made in Spire and, uh, I still really like that synth too, but Silent is like spire on crack. It's like so it, it, it took it took me so long to even try silent because you know it, it's it's kind of a weird looking synth. You know, yeah. I I like having like visual feedback to what I'm doing, and that doesn't mm-hmm. really have it on that. But I mean, the the besides like you know getting some outboard you know hardware that is the warmest, most meaty, awesome sounding like regular bass noises you'll ever get in your life. But that's, I, I 100% recommend anybody who's trying to do industrial or any of that kind of stuff like that is it just, you don't need to really do anything else to it. It just sounds so fucking good. It just needs to. Yeah. Oh, but you yeah. can't really do anything complex necessarily with it because it is, does have its limitations. But if you like the hardware sound, but you don't want to, you know, drop a shitload of money on hardware silent 100%. That's sick. Was it so? It wasn't that expensive then, because some of those VSTs can get pretty, pretty up there. No, I think it's like 150 bucks. That's like nothing like that. compared to some of them. Yeah, and it's all. it's very simple. It's a simple interface for the most part, and you just you just have to hear how fucking unbelievably warm it sounds. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um. So, do you mix and master your tracks, or mm-hmm. do you? Okay. 
So yep, I do it all. I've been, export, it's been a journey. Yeah, I was about to say that's that's a lot because I know even like the bigger guys, they'll they'll do their thing and then they'll have somebody ma- mix and master. But that's super cool because you can keep your vision like all the way through and not have to go back and forth with someone. So in your exactly. kind of process, are you exporting all of your stems, bringing them into a new project and then mixing down? Or do you I do everything in the project? Okay. Um, I don't actually... I don't always, uh, I have before exported stems and put them in a new project and mix them there. Uh, that's if I'm really stuck in the project. And if I'm just like, something is not right, I cannot figure it out. I'll export the stems, put them in another one, then like go from there. Okay. Give myself a clean slate, but I already, you know, have already put in all the work. But yeah. uh, usually what I'll do is I'll put a mastering chain, not like a master, like a pre-master chain, a very okay. simple master rack on the project and I'll get it to, and I'll, I'll produce and mix the song as you're working on it. Okay. Yes. So I'll mix it into that. So I can hear a very rough idea of what it's going to sound like finished. So anything that's going into it is, you know, it's getting obviously kicked up in volume. It's getting, you know, a little bit compressed. And uh, so I, uh, I produce and mix into that then I will turn that off and export the the unmastered file into a new project. And that's where I'll master it. So like the whole unmastered file, that's just what works for me. I've, I, tr- I used to do it a lot of different ways, but some people do it all in the same track, but my, <laughs> my projects are getting to the point now where I can't do that because yeah. my, even my ridiculous computer that I have now, can't I was about that. to ask you, what kind of computer do you have? Because running all of those VSTs, I can't even imagine running them all at once. Um, oh, I haven't maxed out the capacity of this one yet, but it still could be better at some points. But so this is, uh, this is an iMac pro okay. and it has a 10 core Xeon processor and 128 gigs of Ram. Oh boy. Oh my <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a fucking, cause I, I don't do want to know how much that was, especially in like no. Apple land. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I, some of it was like after customization because yeah. I just knew somebody that could do it. Yeah. But, uh, I forgot what I was saying, but yeah, like, uh, but I also do video. I do all my own video stuff, yeah. all the editing of the crazy green screen shit. Like that, that's all. So I need like a fucking. Power yeah, app. absolutely. Do you use like Premiere Pro or do you use Final Cut or? I use After Effects and Premiere. Okay. Usually, I'll do the ba- the the actual editing, editing like the the basic editing in Premiere. Yep. And then uh, I'll open it up in After Effects to do the actual like the the keying and the green screen shit and any of the effects are all in after effects and then premiere pro is the editing and do premiere pro as far as editing goes god it's so good because your global dance set was like insane how long did it take you to put that together global dance was a virtual festival by the way that was in what month that was kind was of at the march be- march yeah that was at the so. like beginning of our it was like in may, I think. I it think was in may. may okay yeah and and i just remember that and like everybody was like playing in their living rooms and then you had like a movie like a legitimate movie that well that out. was that was uh like uh, a lot of the, the, a lot of that idea was was uh, Shavante and Marshall's because we wanted to do something. I, like I refused to just stand in my room. No, you can't do that for the kind of music no. you make. Like no. you literally so, like, can't. We improvised. We did what we could. We spent you know fifty or sixty bucks on tiki torches and, and fuel, it. and then went in the backyard of the house I was living on at the time, 
and then set up the banner that I had that had my mark on it. And then just kind of position the things around it, ran some extension cords for the table that we covered with a black cloth. Like as far as like homebrew setups, that's pretty much as good as it's going to get. But you know, that's, that is my one strong suit is improvising and rolling with what you got. But that's something that everybody needs to focus on. And then it's just like, to make a product like that for really less than a hundred dollars is pretty unheard of. And, mm. and it really shows that like, if you're creative and if you're willing to think out of the box and you have other team members there to brainstorm with you. Cause I always think like, if you're bouncing ideas off of people, like you're going to get something better than if you just do it on your own. And, and like in terms of like branding or content or presentation and even like, sending your music to friends and people you can find in being like, okay, tell me what sucks. Tell me what I can do better X, Y, and Z. And, and you can work with what you have as long as you're okay. like, you know, thought driven with the whole facet of it. But that segued into the point of doing that set. At what point did you say, okay, I'm going to start making these funny ass videos that go along with like the other side of me and who I am and get that on my page as like another form of content and things for people to engage with. Um, September, 2019, I was playing the first date of the tour. I was on with figure yeah, and we were in Denver and my friend and collaborator, Kate uh, Sounder mm-hmm. um, was our guide. Cause she lived there at the time. And okay. then, um, so we were hanging out and then we, she took us up into the mountains and uh, it was amazing. And I'd never really been walking around in mountains before. So it was just like, holy Colorado's shit. Colorado's beautiful. And then yeah. I was like, hey, let's do like a fake documentary. Like, I don't have to post it for Swarm, but like, I'll just be very exaggerated, very over the top. And then let's just wing it. And so yeah. I did it and I truly enjoyed doing it because I had done some stuff like that previously for one of my old jobs because I just enjoyed, I enjoy being a fucking dumbass. I enjoy being, yeah. goofy, you know, so I wanted to just, but so anyways, I did it. And then I, I was like, Hey, let's post it. This is hilarious. Whatever. Yeah. And then people reacted like crazy, crazy. to it. I'm just like, Oh my God, people actually like this. Okay. Well, new thing. Maybe we can do something like that. And then it just kind of snowballed. Then I learned how to, that was right around the same time, uh, early the next year that I started getting interested in making my own, uh, video stuff, like any, any of the, anything you see on my socials, on my YouTube, I made that. Like I made, uh, you know, the, the very, very cinematic stuff that has like multiple cameras and shit. My team, uh, like the music video for I'll never see the world with Brian Lennington. Like that was multiple people shooting Mm -hmm. so that I can't take credit for that. But um, the anything else like the I did a little video for Fury. I did that all myself. Any of the visualizers to do all that. I edit all of the the funny content. You so, did the VR too, right? That you did for Heartless with Danny. Yes. King? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I learned it sick. specifically for that. Yeah. Okay. But but that's a great idea. That's a great example of like I don't. I just know I need to do something cool and big. Yeah. Uh, for for you know to match the sound of whatever song I'm doing. So I'll figure out, you know, what is different than I haven't done yet, but it's still me. Like the VR thing. I'm just like, that was totally random. I just 
happen to scroll past a YouTube video, I'm just like, oh, VR. No, that hey, was I should so try, cool. I should try to I should try to learn how to do VR for a, like a visualizer and do like a that was a nightmare to make. I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine. obviously would do it again if I had to, but or you know, I I might do it again for another song. But that was that was the transition of me getting being on my old computer because this is a very very new computer. I just got oh, like a, sick two months ago, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I literally like in the middle of it, I'd already been like waiting for the right time to get a new computer anyway, because I knew my other iMac was just, it wasn't powerful enough. Ready to go. Yeah. yeah. But, but the video editing stuff in particular was like, Oh my God, my computer cannot handle this. And then the VR stuff, it was literally like impossible. A nightmare. Like, yeah. I can imagine. All right. All right. It's time I'm going to get another computer. It's so I time. Got it. And uh, I was able to pull it off somehow. Might as well do it right. Yeah. I just winged it for that too. I'm just, I like winging it. I just, I like making shit up on the fly. That's my favorite. Unless unless it's a live show. I don't. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same way. I'm not, I'm not talented enough in the the DJing to do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. DJing is a tool for me to present my music to people. But if you asked me to DJ a party, I would say no. Sorry, I'm not. I, yeah, I have yeah. no interest in doing that. No. But um, obviously, at the beginning, when I was first learning, I did because I needed the experience. Yeah. And I needed to be up on in front of people again. So, absolutely. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. So I do all that, and uh, that is where it came from. I just uh, accidentally did it and just thought it would be fun. And then I realized that people liked it. And I'm like, okay, well, here it is. Y'all can literally see every aspect of me now, you know, cause you know, I wasn't very confident in my music yet. So it was, or I, I was starting to become confident, but you know, uh, I still, there was some like, well, what would people do if I did this? Like, I don't know if I want to, that's kind of weird. I might throw it out of balance, but eventually, you know, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. Well, it definitely it. stuck and it definitely worked. And I think it's like a great thing considering like how like, quote unquote, like dark your music is. It's yeah. like, oh, hey, like I'm not like a super dark person. Like I have this other side to me where I'm like funny as shit and people love it. And I think that's something too, where everyone just cares so much about like what everyone thinks about you and how you're present, like presenting yourself. And like, it right. matters how you present yourself. It matters like how you decide to perceive your brand and, and, and you know, how that matches along with the music you're releasing and all of that other stuff but at the end of the day it's like it's important for your fans and the community that you're building to see you and see who you really are as a person because the more that they can relate to you and laugh with you and cry with you the more they're really going to do anything to like be in that little circle of following your music and going to shows and buying your right music. well i know you know i the the real reason why i went and then started doing these videos regularly is because my favorite artists and my favorite, you know, shows on TV, they all have a very common underlying, uh, element that is, they become very endearing due to adding humor in situations that probably would not, you would not expect there to be humor in. Yeah. Like my favorite band, Rammstein, they have sometimes entire music videos dedicated to their, like, the funnier and like the dark humor aspects of their brand. Yeah. It's amazing because you're like, Oh, look, you know, I get to see this obviously very, uh, you know, serious artist goof off. 
Yeah. But it's still badass. So, so that, that was amazing. My, one of my favorite shows ever is Supernatural. Oh, sick. Okay. Just recently ended, but they had entire episodes devoted to just straight bizarre comedy. It's like that dry humor. Still, yeah, but it still went along with the story. It still worked, but it just gave you another perspective of the same thing. And it just made it that much more personal because you're just like, you kind of feel like you get to know the person. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in my case, you know, besides, you know, just being completely bizarre sometimes, you know, it's still like, it's way more personal um, to be able to see me, you know, doing something and goofing off than it is just listening to an electronic music song. Now, obviously the, the, you know, there's some incredibly personal songs that I make, but putting a face to that, hearing it, putting a face to it, and then seeing the other side of that person all brings it together and makes it more than a product because I don't want to be a product. Obviously the brand has to, uh, you know, sell, but if I'm being myself and doing shit that I enjoy, people are going to see that I enjoy it and they're going to be more drawn to it. So therefore that does help the, the product. Yeah. The product overall. Plus I don't like, you know, feeling like I'm trying to shove down people's throats to, you know, buy merch or anything like that. So I try to present it in such a way that's like, you know, I, I I stay in their brains, but I'm not telling them, Hey, buy this. Hey, go stream my music now. You know? Yeah. Hey, fuck you. I'm swarm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely. I do things I would like to see other people do. And if I want people to do those things willingly, you don't. You don't want the last. The last thing I want is somebody to say, "Oh, there goes Swarm. That guy takes himself so seriously. Like, look how dark and evil he is. Like, I just I don't like him because you know he he thinks he's so dark. You know, it's it's like no. But then when they see it, it's like, wow, this is a dope song. Let me go see what he looks like. You know, let me go on a social. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. he just do a a parody song of never going to let you up or never going to give you up, let you down, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, did he just do a Mariah Carey parody? Like that kind of shit or are selling fake products that aren't even real. They're just completely ridiculous, fictitious products. Like that's what I would like to see from somebody. Like if I was somebody and I saw me this, I mean, I assume that I would do this now. Yeah. You know, yeah. But like if I heard dope music, and then I saw that they're just thoroughly entertaining in various ways, but all seemed, you know, not forced at all. I would just be like, follow. Fuck yeah, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what I do with anything. That, that's why my favorite things are my favorite things is because they have that. That's the thing right there. That's why I, I get it. And so you get the fact that they're not, you know, taking themselves so seriously that you would meet them in real life and they would be like, no, you're not dark enough. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. you know, that, but you feel like that you'd be able to go up to them and be like, Hey, what's up? I love this. And be like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Because you've seen them smile online. You know, you've seen them do goofy jokes, but you, you know, you know, they do music. So basically bringing kind of like a heart and a, like a, a grounding to the thing. And that goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning about, I don't show the highlight reels, you know, uh, what you see online is me making something, making do with something in my room yeah, and then finding ways to creatively edit it. You know, I just have a, I have a green screen I pull out of my closet that I, mm-hmm. you know, 
the video for Fury was literally a black backdrop and I bought some plexiglass and I, you know, I poured some water on the outside of the plexiglass and then I shot it at a really high frame rate and just beat on the glass in time to the song. And then I slowed it down and then like creatively edited it to where it was, it was cool, but that's not, you know, me being like a rock star. That's just, Hey, look, I found a cool way hey, to, look, yeah. to not spin a dime, but still have the entire rollout, you know, because I f- fucking just fucked around on the computer for a couple of days uh, after a shot, you know, use my iPhone to shoot something. So yeah, I just want to show, I just want to be real. I have yeah. no interest in pretending to be something I'm not. So, you know, like this part of the branding, like this, uh, that uh, that's stuff I like. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I don't no. have to pretend to do anything. And and it's like on the social media, like 95% of people, they do only show the best parts. And it's yeah. like, they don't show that they're a normal human or things that they enjoy or That's like X, cool. Y, and Z. And it's like, I love, it does fuck people up because then you just have these people who are looking and it's like, why can't my life be like that? What do I have to do to be like that? I'm going to become a DJ and it'll be awesome. And yeah, then they it's realize be it fucking sucks great. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it literally, yeah, it, absolutely. And and it's like you show Sam, your dog, and all of this other stuff where it's like, those are the things that make me happy. And right. and then those people can relate to you. And, and, and it's cool. And it's like, at the end of the day, like you're doing it, whether you were an artist or not, like whether you were doing this or not, like this is who I am and this is what I would be doing regardless. Um, so... Four years ago, you started producing. Did you do any music stuff before that? Yeah. Uh, okay. I was in a Christian metal band. That's sick. Called okay. uh, Second Thief. Um, okay. When I was probably like 18 to 20, 21. I'm 31 now, so yep. 10 years ago-ish. Um, but yeah, that's I had no idea how to, how to do anything. I didn't know how to play guitar, but I played guitar in it because I wanted to be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I, I could play you. guitar. Yeah, I could totally play guitar. Um, I'll see you there and I'll do I'll an audition see you for there. it. Yeah. So I bought a guitar for like a week. I just binged how to play guitar, how to play, you know, whatever. And uh, somehow I did it. And uh, I figured it out. And then I was in that band for like three years, uh, four years. Didn't work out, but I took the things I learned. Uh, you learn a lot from being in a band. Yeah, you learn a, a lot. You learn rhythm. a lot. Just yeah. rhythm, period, and just how songs work, and working with the team, working, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was another reason why I wanted to just do this and to be that able to make whatever correct. I want. It's because yeah. I don't want to have to ask anybody if I can do anything. No. Yeah. That, I just want yeah. to do it. Like the, my content, my sh- the shit I post on uh, online. I don't ask anybody if this would be a good idea. I just do it and I send it to them after it's done and posted. Like, Hey, I made this. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously there's, there's times where I need to bounce an idea off of somebody, but for the most part, it's like, Oh, this is gonna be hilarious. So I film it, throw it up. And then I send it to my management team. Like, look what I did. And half the time it's, you know, most of the time they're like, Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. What is, you know, what is wrong with you? Not really, but like, you know, most of the time it's like, wow, that is, I don't know how you came up with that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's I just like, like doing it. So many people don't understand too, like at the end of the day, like I get there's managers that run like all of their artist socials and do that like a very high level, but mm-hmm. like the team works for the artist. So it's like at the end of the day, like the artist is the one who can and should be like making the decisions on what they post and how they want to present themselves and X, Y, and Z. And it's like when you need to bounce those ideas off of your team you do but 
unless they think it's a really bad fucking idea, it's like they should be supportive in like your vision and what you want to do. And, and yeah, well, yeah. That, that's, that's why I love them so much because they are, but I mean, I know what you mean for, for a lot of pe- other people like, uh, but there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are talented in one area and they need help in the social media thing. Correct. I didn't know anything about social media at, at all. I would not have social media if it wasn't for what I'm doing (laughs) because it's just it's it's especially now with like everyone just at home in most places in the United States. It's just a very negative place for the most part. And it's like you can choose to filter those things out. But it's a really weird time. But I you know, I would like to to think moving forward trajectory wise, end of spring, beginning of summer, things will be better. Hopefully. Oh, it seems it seems to be that way with the vaccine rolling yeah. out now. Yeah, so, which is yeah. wonderful because you know I have friends who are you know nurses and stuff, and they're getting it and they're getting the first wave, and and it's a good sign. It's a good sign for our industry yeah. and people like Live Nation and Eventbrite putting things into motion to where you know they will have rapid testing at the door and they can start doing concerts where everybody you know has a negative test result or when you get the vaccine now you get a barcode and you get a personal barcode that they can scan. And, and I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, um, we're going to be okay. I think, I think we'll be no, okay. It's, it's, it's going to pass eventually. Everything, yeah. if any shitty we'll come to an end, we'll, we'll come to an end, but you know, we'll see what we learn from that. We'll Absolutely. That but I mean, you know, you know, you know, uh, or, or some other big record. shit could happen in the next like week. You never know at this point. Dude, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> if I could say one thing to sum up my entire experience, uh, in as swarm and in general, my life motto, this is yeah. the one phrase that encapsulates everything about me, Brandon Carroll and swarm. Well, I didn't really get my hopes up. Yeah. So I'm not disappointed. Literally. That's it. Yeah. That's how I live my life. I, if I, Hey, Brandon, like you got booked for X festival. Dope. Dope. Cool. Dope. But then right. you're, but well, then you're excited by everything. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my favorite is, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll be excited uh, when I'm side stage ready to play. Like Uh, literally, like that's the only time I'll I'll let myself get excited because if I daydream about something, if I imagine a show I'm about to play, if I imagine it one way, it's going to be the opposite. Always. mm -hmm. Without a doubt. If I think it's going to be an amazing show, like this is going to be the best show ever. That means it will suck every time. So I say, I'm going to do everything I can to get prepared for the show to make it as good as possible. And that's it. Yep. Everything else is like, well, if it sucks, it sucks. You know, At least I you're made not this disappointed. Amazing, yeah, I made this amazing song, but, you know, it's not released yet. So it's just like, well, you know, I think people like it. You know, maybe, you know, that's it. There, I don't, there's no expectations anymore. It's just like, I love it, whatever. Like, well, that's all that matters. I, the, the more this whole year, like the longer I'm alive, the more I just do it for me. And thankfully that happens to be somewhat, somewhat along the same wavelength as what other people like coming from me because, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I take a lot of extra time to make sure things are done. Right. So it's like, I feel like now my bases are covered. So I just focus on making me happy with what I'm doing and 
I just let everything else fall where it may. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good approach. It's an approach not many people have, I think. But but yeah. it's definitely it's it's definitely a way for you to just yeah not be disappointed and and but that way you're just gonna gradually one day you're gonna look around yourself and you're gonna be like holy shit I'm here I didn't expect it but I'm here and I mean you already yeah. are I think the future for you is gonna be great but before we go if you were to say something to that bedroom producer out there who thinks nobody's going to pick up his music or nobody is picking up his music and he's got a very strict vision in mind, what would you say to him or her? If, if, if you're focusing on what people will, if somebody will or won't pick up what you're doing that you're passionate about, then you're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope, if nothing else, that I can be an example of someone doing things a little bit differently, different enough to where it is kind of surprising to hear sometimes, and moving forward with it completely myself and just going, you know, learning as you go along. There is no timeline for if you're just starting out and you're doing something you're passionate about, there's no timeline to prove something. You know, you may put some arbitrary goal on yourself. I know I have, but it's, it has nothing to do with that. You, if you're putting out things that you like, keep doing it. If you have your, you know, the, the whole package, if you need help with the branding aspect, ask somebody, you know, if you don't have somebody, DM me, like I'll give you some raw, brutally honest feedback, but I don't consciously think of the branding aspect. That just comes naturally because you will probably find me dressed like this in Walmart. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Because that part, it's just me. The branding is me. Everything else is, you know, a learning game. So if you don't have anybody to talk to, you definitely have to have a visual Mm -hmm. aspect to your music that lines up with the way it sounds and your vision of it. Because unfortunately, I'm very sorry to tell you, without that, you have a very low chance of doing it for a living. If you have amazing music, but no visual aspect, you need to ask somebody to help you out with that. Or you need to learn to make videos yourself or Photoshop things yourself, because that is just as important Sorry to tell you, I know people are going to be, you know, people will, you know, argue back and forth about this all day, but it doesn't matter if you think differently, you're wrong. (laughs) So, you know, I'm sorry to say it, but you know, there's so many branding haters out there, but they're, they're, don't listen to them. They're, they're literally speaking about things they know nothing about. So do it anyway, is my answer to that. Do it anyway and figure out how to make it work on your own. Don't wait for anybody to believe in you. You believe in you. Move forward with it. Shout it from the rooftops of whatever platform you have. If you have five followers, if you have 500 followers, if you have 5,000 followers, you should be doing things for you. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters because that's what's going to keep you going for a long time. If you're doing Absolutely. it for you, if you're going out of the gate doing it for somebody else, then you're probably not going to last a long time because that person or the other people that you were doing it for are going to go away. They're yep. going to, you know, 
if you're in it for a trend, you think you're being cool because you're making X kind of music, guess what? That's going to go away and you're going to be left high and dry if you don't find your own sound. So yeah. do your own thing. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And uh, never stop learning new ways to do that. Yes. Never stop learning ever. What wonderful words of advice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate like the insight that you brought today because so many people just have these questions and they have no way to really find out these backend answers because you're not looking up how to side chain, how to do this, how to do that. This is just answers from experience and from, you know, personal, you know, endeavors within yourself Mm -hmm. that have brought you to where you're at today. If anyone has never listened to Brandon's music, please go check out Swarm. All of his stuff will be linked below. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. I really hope I can hug you in a club before the end of 2021. Virtual hug. Virtual hug. Yay. Thank you for having me, Lizzie. Thank I, you I so genuinely much. love doing this. This Good. is wonderful. I just Have want a yeah. wonderful day. Okay, thank you, Brandon.